0: The following Shiur has been presented by Rabbi Yehoshua Sova, Rav of Ezra, Miami Beach, Florida. For more Shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-PSHC.
1: That's 1-844-200-8742. <laughs> Pazat Hashem, we are going to be discussing this is Parashat Adat, a Parashat Balak, where we are introduced to Belama Rasha, who has the same neshama, or it's the same person of Lavan, Arami, who had a tremendous koach dibor And this dibor that he used, instead of utilizing it to build other people up, he was such a Rasha, like the Mishnah Navot tells us that, person came from Avram Avinu to that of Bilam is Mimizrachum and Literally a totally different situation between the two. How a person could either be happy with what they have, they have an nefesh and there's somebody that is jealous, and they utilize a the God-given gift of that, of being able to use the koch atibur, and yet, instead of using it to build people up, Rahman al used it to curse, and used it for his own benefit, and would extort many, many people to be able to either curse others or to protect from his curse. And this was obviously a very wicked person. And we see from here that the Kolach is a very powerful thing, that when given to the wrong person, it could wreak havoc. And we see that Kala Yisrael, however, the opposite of that, is that our Kolach is so great that we could use it to literally be Bonei Olamot, the Pasuk tells us in Perichabet Pasuk Vav, it says, Lichana Arali, that Balak sent a message and said, please come and curse for me. Arad, from like Arur. And when Hakadosh Baruch Hu asked Bilam, who are these people that are with you? Obviously to lead him into a conversation to try to get him to go away from the path of destruction that he was headed towards. So he responded, Balak told me that I should come. And the words that he used was, in Pasukh Perech Abed, Yud Aleph, Lecha Kavali, come curse for me. And Rashi brings from the Medrash that tells us, that Kavah is more Kasheh. It's much more of a harsh type of curse than that of ara. Why? Because kava comes from nokev o meforesh. It's something that is very clear. It's enunciated clearly, and it will be a bigger klala, rahman that could have been meted out to the Jews. So the question is, He says, I don't understand. We know we have a rule that, that if a person says, I will give you 200, then obviously you don't have to say, Oh, are you going to give me 100? Because included in 200 is obviously 100. So if that's the case then, when Bilam is telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu that I was asked by Balak, Lecha Kavali, I was asked to give a much more harsher type of curse. So if HaKadosh Baruch Hu says don't go with them, so B'chalal Mataim Maneh Then if Hashem says don't give a severe curse, so then obviously you can't give a, a lesser curse. Hashem said, don't give any curse. So he says to Tehle L'terech, no, no, no. Belam was a, such a Rasha that he knew HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not enjoy spending time with him whatsoever. So he was just like, ah, get it over with, like in the middle of the A'Layla, and tell him that this nouveau don't touch the Jews. So he, quote unquote was setting himself up to be tricked by Belam. How so? Because Bilam thought he could trick Hashem how? By saying, Lecha Kavali. Hashem. Bilak told me that I should give a very severe curse to the Jewish people. And Baruch Hu, should I do that? And Akadash Hu says, no, you shouldn't do that. Oh. So you shouldn't say I shouldn't do a big curse. But there's no Bakhlam Matayim Mane. There's just a severe curse. But a little tiny little bit of a curse. Maybe. Maybe. What's wrong with that? Why can't I do that? It, why should that be te- You're right. A, a severe one I won't give. But maybe they took No. It's impossible that a person on this planet Earth can live here and not do a sin. It's not possible. Especially, that's one person. Especially, and I'm a whole nation of people. Not one person did something wrong. How could that be? So therefore, maybe HaKadosh Baruch will allow me a dispensation that I'll be able to give a klala of something of lecha Well I want a small klala, a small one. Even that, Kadosh Baruch says no. Lo ta'or et ta'am. Do not ta'or. Don't even curse with lashon uh, ta'or uh, a'ra. Don't even do that. Why ki <laughs> varuchu? Because kaiso are a blessed people. I don't want you having anything to do with them. I don't even want a Petron pe, I don't even want it to be an, even a, a, a drop of a discussion that you can even think that you could do something like that. And this is unbelievable. Kadesh Baruch Hu tells us this whole story to show and demonstrate his great love for the Jewish people. If we would not have had the Torah to tell us this whole story, we never would have known this whole background of what was going on. So the question that we want to present to you is that when confronted with enemies such as Bilam and his ilk, of people who are very evil and they want to see the destruction of the Yudim, of the Jews, the question is, are you allowed to curse such people? Is it allowed? Or what about Stam Goyim? Are you allowed to curse such people? What's the Halakha say when it comes to that? So this we should explore the Gemara and Berachot Davzayim. The Gemara and Brachot Damzain, and a very easy way to remember that is the Jewish people, we use our mouth to give a Brachot, and that is our clay Zayin. That is our weapons that we have, that we make Brachot with our mouth, and we use it as a clay Zayin, we use it as our way to fight. Like it says, the or that with my sword and my arrow, the Gemara, the Targum Yonatan and the other Targum and other places say, it's with my prayer and with my beseeching you and my learning, that is my cleza'in. That is my weapons that I have. So the Gemara brachot dav zayin tells us a story. The Gemara tells us in the middle of the Amud, <speaking in Hebrew> There was once a min. Now we're going to see what a min. A min, the simple meaning is someone who's a min apikares. And the simple reading is someone who's a Jew who was in the neighborhood of Rav Yeshua Ben Levi, and he was Mitzar de Tuva Bekrai. He was somebody that would drive Rav Yeshua Ben Levi crazy. So Rav Yeshua ben Levi had enough. Yom one day, shakil Tanegola, he took a Tanegol, and he put it in between the poles of his bed, and he would look at it, when it gets to the time when Akadosh is El when he gets very upset, when that red of the crown of the rooster, the chicken, turns from red to white, he would know that that's the time Olam gets upset, and then he would say a curse, on this mina that was driving him crazy. Kimata ishata. When it came to the time of when the white, red would turn to white, naim, he dozed off. Amad, when he woke up, he said, Shma mina must be from here. Lav orech hachi. It obviously is not derech It's not the way of the land to do something like this. And how do we know that? Because it says in the Pasuk, it says you should have mercy on all of his creations, even those that are bothering you. And also, like the Pasuk says, that when an onish happens, for a Tzaddik, that's not good, because that somehow that gets accredited to the Tzaddik, and it gets taken away from the tzadik. Obviously, the tzaddik doesn't want that. They want all this khutim that they could possibly have. So, Tosvot says the following. When it says how mina, this was a Jew who was an apostate who went, went against the way of the Torah, what does it mean, people who are minin? Says Tosvot, even though minin and people who are mosarot, people who are, people who are uh, informers to the government, morid in ma'alin, we'll, we can lower them in a pit, velo Ma'lin and you can't pull them out. That's only Adam that we say, that we assume that there's like a lesser of a punishment. But for you to bring heaven involved, that's that's not the way of the land for you to punish and to push them out of this world and to kill them because this is not the usual way that people take care of things. The Ove and if you say instead of it saying mina, it says ovei kochavim a Then it fits in the kamar that says over there Ove be that a person who is ovei kochavim, someone who worships the stars, or if they raise animals who have a tremendous appetite and they're going to destroy Yeshua. et Yisrael we don't pick them up, and we don't leave them, we just leave them to die, then it makes sense why Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi would want to curse such a person. But we see from here, is, according to Tosafot, that is it's not the proper way to deal with such a person by cursing them out and having them punished by the fact that you curse them. It was very interesting, a number of years ago, Hamavadiyah was one time giving a shiur, a monte Shabbat, and it was during the time when the, a Jordanian soldier, I believe, was crazy, and a murderer, and uh, he's a rasha. And he saw a group of schoolchildren who happened to be visiting a checkpoint, which sh- sh- shared the same border of that of Israel and Jordan. And he opened fire on these innocent sh- schoolchildren. And he killed a number of them. And that shiur, that Motzei Shabbat, Hamavadia was speaking about... Nechashim Asrafim, and these are the people that we do peace with. He says they should all deserve to die, and deserve to be uh, go to Geinam, and they have no kapara for what they do, the pain that they've caused people, innocent people, especially children, and how could they do something like that? And the story goes, is that that Sunday, all the Israeli papers were talking about Nechashim Asrafim, and how... Uh, Jordan is not a viable peace partner. And that is what Hamavadia said. So the Jordanian populace found out about this. And the story goes is that a Jordanian businessman, who was obviously uh, well, of well means, he publicized that anyone who would assassinate Hamavadia, he would personally pay $1 to $2 million cash. And he felt that how could Hamavadia curse a person like that? Why? Because, how can you curse a person? How can you curse them? And, say, Hashim Safim, and you're going to curse? In other words, he was very upset that you cursed us. Why? Because people understand, if you are a man of Hashem, and you are someone that you've got an in, and you use that to go against people, that's lav orechara That's not playing by the rules of derech Eretz, of people being used to playing by those rules. A number of years ago, when Yitzhak Rabin got shot... So the story goes is that some people were saying he got that because some Chachamim gave him a pulsa denura, which is these bolts of lightning that the Zohar talks about. And since the the Chachamim gave that to him, that's how he died. So they actually made a law that no Chachamim should give pulsa denura against politicians. (laughs) Like, what, what does that even mean? The answer is because we know that you've got an inn. And if you could do something like that, that's not something we could fight and therefore, they outlawed such a practice. But what you see from here, according to Tosafot, is it's not considered Oraf ara. It's not considered the way of the land to kill somebody that like that, where it's Bidei shemayim. So the question is, cursing stamagoy, just a regular non-Jew, is that allowed? So there are some svarim that talk about that, this question, and they say it's patur, but it's really not asur. But it's not the best thing for you to do. However, the Minchat Chinuch, he says, if you're going to curse, you have to be careful. How you curse? He says, if one were to curse, it sounds like it's not a problem, but if one were to curse, using Shem Hashem, or one is Motzi Shem shemaim Levatala, he says, of course it's Asur, and one would not be allowed to do that. And the Berkei Yaakov, he writes, on Shulchan Aruch, he says the same thing. He says that, if it's Stam you're Patur. However, he says that, Really, goyim have—if uh, you want to say stam goyim—the ones that they don't do anything wrong. But he says, but people, uh, you could assume uh, that machshavot libam is the rakra kol that they're actually trying to do something wrong. And he actually writes a bit. Yaakov says that it's a mitzvah to be Mekaleh because it says in pasuk Mishle, Mishlei, shame yirkav that the name of even mentioning a rishayim is the yirkav. Their name should rot. And this is people who should know better and are not doing better. And Bir- Birke Yaakov says, Chidush, that's even referring to Stam Goyim. The Afela Alev, he says, if one wants to, they could cu- curse a guy, only if it's a guy Rasha. But Stam Goyim, he says that's Asur. And he says, why? Because he brings up Asur, in the inner sanctum of your place where you lie down, Do not curse a person who's wealthy. Now, it doesn't say a wealthy Jew. It just says a wealthy person. Meaning, anyone of means, a person should be very careful not to do anything that will ignite any flames of anti-Semitism or feelings of of hatred. You should be very careful not to do that. And therefore, a person should not curse Stam Goyin. But rather, if a person wants to, they could curse goy Rasha. The Sefer Lev Avraham brings down that a person cannot curse out any goy, no one. Why? He brings them the Zohar Kadosh. Why? Because the Zohar Kadosh says you don't know who will come from this goy. Maybe just like Terach had Avram Avinu, so we could say that there you don't know what's going to be in the future. So if you were to curse this person and they were to die, maybe they would have had a potential get or a potential convert. You don't know. However, if it's a min, a min, someone who actively is against Hashem, then you don't make such a like we see in the Gemara with Rabbi Shubb and Levi. Now, there's a machloket in the poskim. Is one allowed to curse an Eved or a shifcha? Someone who's working for them and they're a slave or a servant. Would a person be allowed to curse them? So some people say, Asur. You're not allowed to do that. Because we see that uh, Eved, Kenani, they are Chayavin mitzvot, just like a Isha, just like a regular woman. So they they have some connection to yahadut And there are some people that say there's no Yisur, but it's Patur. And actually it depends if they do Ose Amcha or not. Do they act norm like normative behavior? <clears throat> Where we were to say that if we were to see a regular person doing that, we were to try to stop them. Or not. So Interestingly, the Ritva, he writes that we could assume that Avadim most probably do not do osem Maaseh They do not do the ways of Klal Yisrael, even though they're Chayav in Mitzvot. Because we say, Stam Avadim That We say that regular Avadim, they don't have any morality, they don't have any values. And since they don't have the value system that we have, therefore as a result of that, you could be safe assured that most probably they are going to be curse, uh, they're not going to be doing something right. And therefore, one could do the, the the Klala and affect the Klala by cursing them as well. The Midrash tells us that every single one of the Klalot that Bilam Arashad gave was Mikuyam, except for one. And that was that of Ma'atavu'a Lecha Yisrael. And the question is, why? Why specifically that? So, we believe, the explanation lies in the fact that if a person really understands what a Beit HaMikdash, what a Mishkan, what a Beit Knesset, what a Beit Midrash is, then they will really come to recognize who they are. What do we mean? It says, akadash Baruch Hu says, that, V'sha'chanti b'tocham, and I will dwell amongst you. Now what's unusual of that is, that when this is talking about the Mishkan, it should understand said, V'sha'chanti and I resided in it, referring to the Beit Hamikdash, the Mishkan. Why is it Says Gemara, B'toch Kol Echad Ve'Echad. Every person is a Mikdash Me'at. Now, what does that mean? That means if every person is a Mikdash Ma'at, and they go into another Mikdash Me'at, another physical building, that's two mikdash Ma'at. That's two. It's double power. And a person has such power, such kokhot, that they're able to talk to Akadash Bokhu and it's double the power. Can you imagine how powerful that is? And that's why we find that many people don't understand that. That when they go into the Bet Knesset, the B'te Midrash, they bring their cell phones with them. What are you doing? Why are you bringing your cell phone? Oh, I have to be in touch. Maybe someone's got. What are you talking about? You're with Borea Olam betocham, you're a mikdash and you don't have any simad lev, you don't have any thought process, because we're so, sometimes get so involved in our cars, or, excuse me, our, our phones, and it's like we see some people, they're driving their cars, and they forget that they're even driving, and they're texting, and they're calling, and then they don't pay full attention, and rahman al So many horrific examples of that. And people come into the Bet Knesset, Bet Midrash, and they're not focused on the tefillah. Why? Because Yitzchak knows that if you're able to have proper kavanah, you're a mikdash me'at. You're in a mikdash me'at. and you can ask and talk about whatever it is you want. How powerful that is! And yet we don't realize it. We don't realize the klir zayin, this weapon that we have, known as our mouth, that we could talk to Bore Alam and get closer to him and be mevakech kol lebeno and obi and we could ask whatever it is we want. And unfortunately, we don't think of that. I always tell people, one of the hardest places on planet Earth to pray is Kotel Ma'aravi. Why is that? Because that is ground zero, like the Yaakov Shemoni says. It's always there. All the Tfilot Sharei Shamaim, is directly from there. All the Tfilot stop there, and from there they spring forward to Shamayim. So this is ground zero of where all Tfilot are. You would think that people would be very focused, but... You can't, between all the minyanin, and you hear people pushing and shoving, and Baruch Hashem, people are moving and jostling, and there's a lot, of and then you get a tap on a shoulder, and people recognize you, or you see other people. It's the hardest place to pray, because it's the holiest place to pray. And you should know that the holier something is, the more the Yetzirah tries to stop it. And that's why you see people, they can't control themselves. Baruch Hashem, and our Bet Knesset, we made a takana, that once you walk into the walls of the Beit HaKneset, of the Beit Midrash, it's like Shabbat. What do we mean? Just like if you were to see somebody on Shabbat, somehow, let's say their phone went off and it's on Shabbat, you look and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, I work for Hatzalah. Okay, that's a different story, but put your phone. At least have the decency. It's Shabbat. You disturb my tefillah. But people don't realize it's the same thing also during the weekday too. You're getting your tefillah disturbed. You're getting a learning disturbed when someone's phone goes off or the person pulls it out in the middle and they start texting or something. It makes a Rosham. It makes some type of imprint on people. People see it's not chashuv where they are and they get distracted. Put it away. Baruch Hashem, there are these, there's a wonderful organization that they make cell phone lockers just for this. They go around, literally all around the world and and for a nominal price, they send out these wonderful cell phone lockers with whole bunch of wires that attach to an AC adapter which is able to give power so people could disconnect to connect to Borei Olam and also their phone gets charged too so it's a win-win-win for everyone and everyone and everything involved and it's a wonderful thing that maybe you should consider that I leave my phone at home or I leave my phone in the glove compartment or I leave my phone outside in a locker I don't Bring it in the Bet Knesset Beit Midrash. It's Shabbat. When I walk in there, I would never have the audacity to walk inside with my phone on. On Shabbat, what? Unless it's an emergency. But even if it's an emergency, a phone should be on vibrate. It shouldn't be something that's going to disturb other people. And if one has to use it, they have to be discreet about it and pull it out, or they have to maybe walk out for momentarily to do whatever it is, whatever they need to do. And then come back in. But the point is, is that with our tremendous Koach Adibor that we have, we could do such great things. And that's why Matovo Olecha Yaakov had no Shlita when it came to Belam. Why? Because if you know that you're a Mikdash Ma'at, in a Mikdash Ma'at, you're double power and nothing can overcome you. And that's why even Bilam, when he said what he said, there was no way of that ever happening. So let's try to be mechazek ourselves in Limura Torah in Tfilah saying nice things to other people, using our for ultimately good things, and understand that even if Rahman cursing other people, that's only provided under certain circumstances and certain people that we would allow that. And let's understand that Baruch who loves us, he wants to hear from us. And with his chut of using our Kahdibur apeh for that of Kidushim Shemaim, we should be and and we should all be to utilize our mouths to sing
0: This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halakha consultation, monetary bet din services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at theshc.org to subscribe.